0: We pray that as you listen to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's word. Here at Heart Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607. Or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word.
1: Tonight
2: we are going to continue our series on Believing in God. We've covered a lot of ground with this series, and incidentally, if you haven't been here, first and foremost, shame on you. But secondly, you can follow on our website, www.hflc.us. All the messages are there, and if you're not computer savvy, then call Miss Nancy at the office, because we all know how to use a telephone or see Miss Nancy and say, Miss Nancy, I want a set. Of all the messages that Pastor Philip has preached on believing in God. But tonight we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about believing in God, but yet living consumed by worry. Believing in God, but yet being consumed by worry. Actually, this is the second time that we've tackled the subject of worry really in the last couple of months. We dealt with worry when we talked about it's all about me and my worry. Remember when we talked about that? And it's probably not going to be the last time that you'll hear about it. Why? Because worry is a very real attack that we all fall victim to. Worry is attack against our belief. Worry is literally attack against our faith and trust that we have in God. Worry does everything to undermine His ability and therefore destroy our trust in Him. What are you talking about, Pastor Philip? I'm just worried about this. I'm just worried about that. Yes, but look what worry is doing. It is placing us in a position where we don't trust and believe God that He is able to meet our needs. In this series, we've been looking at the fact that we believe in God, well, we hope we do. We're in church. We should believe in God. We've been dealing with the fact that we're here, that we love God. Or at least we say we do. But yet we still hold on to those things that send a different message. How can we really believe in God, but yet not forgive? How can we really believe in God, but yet not pray? We've covered those subjects and others what we'll begin to realize is those things, they have no place in belief. Stay with me tonight. Those things, worry, unforgiveness, not praying, wondering if God can change me, etc., etc., those things have no place in belief and faith in God. Worry is like trying to mix oil with water. Worry and belief won't go together. You can shake it up. You can mix it up. But they are not made to live together and they will separate. If we really believe in God, listen to me, we wouldn't worry. If we really believed in God, we would never worry. I know that's a big statement, but we serve a big God. A God that is able So you may say, okay, Pastor Philip says, since I worry, that means I don't believe in God. No, I didn't say that. But because we worry, it doesn't mean, therefore, that we don't love God. It doesn't mean that we don't desire to live for Him. It doesn't mean that we don't have any faith. It just means that we're allowing things to rob us from the relationship we could and should have in Him. That that place that He desires for us to be at that it shows us that we don't truly know Him as we should. If we're worrying, it's not that we don't believe in God, but really we don't know Him. I'll be the first to put up my hand. We don't know Him in the way we should. And therefore, when we hear messages like this, it shouldn't discourage us, but rather motivate us and say, I want to know you more, God, because I'm tired of worry. I'm tired of unforgiveness. I'm tired of all these things, but I want to know you more. As the level of our intimacy rises, all these other things will become of no interest or desire in our lives. That's why the gospel message has been so miscommunicated lately. The gospel message has been miscommunicated as a list of do's and don'ts that it's so ritualistic, it's so rigid, it's so tough. That's not the gospel message that Jesus came to preach. You see, the reality is this. When God touches your life, it's a change of appetites and a desire that takes place inside of you. That it's not a list of do's and don'ts. All of a sudden you realize you don't need those things anymore. That those things don't bring you happiness. They don't bring you the peace that you're looking for. And that's what we've got to understand. As we get to that level of intimacy in God, we'll begin to realize we just don't need these things. These things don't need to be present in our lives. Worry is a tool of Satan that attacks us all in some shape or form. Maybe today some of you are consumed by worry. It's not something that we'd throw our hand up in the air and say, ooh, 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 me, that's me, Pastor. But perhaps you are consumed by worry. In the light of day, all can be well, but when night time sets in and you lay your head on that pillow at night, what a different story it can often become. I think we'd be amazed how many of us have lost at least an hour's sleep because of worry. I think most of us, if not all, have lost a whole night's sleep at some time or other because of worry. I'm sure every one of us, as the lights go out and no one else is around, we find ourselves tormented by that worry. It panics us. And it can come to that place where it consumes us. We all know we shouldn't worry. We all know that worry doesn't help anything. We even know that it's bad for our health. But yet we still find ourselves doing it pretty neat when I began to study worry and began to look at it. They say the word worry is derived from an old German word, Mr. Huss, that's called Wurgen, W-U-R-G-E-R, and I've killed probably the pronunciation of it. But the word Worgen in German means this, to strangle or to constrict and to choke. Sounds like how much worry makes us feel, doesn't it? how it strangles us, constricts us. And it's so true because worry will strangle and constrict and choke every ounce of life out of you. No matter how strong you think you are, begin to worry for a while and see what begins to happen to your life. And you know what's so crazy? If there's nothing to worry about, we worry about that too we begin to click into the what if mode. Have you ever been there? What if this happens? What if? Come on, has anyone ever been there? Just the torment of worry that goes through our lives. I want you to talk to me tonight. Is that cool? Bishop's going to help me out and we're going to have a mic and we just want to open it up and talk to you. You know, how does worry affect your life? Has anyone got anything that they would just like to share and try and keep it short and sweet so we can get plenty of input tonight? Who would like to go first? Just talking about how worry affects you personally in your life or maybe when the attacks come and how the attack come or what? Has anyone got anything that they would like to say tonight? Anyone? Don't all speak at once. Please. (laughs)
1: Please, go ahead, Bishop, talk to us. Uh, well, uh, this this is a, a, a timely subject, because uh, Monday night I uh, went up to the place in Mississippi that I'll be closing, hopefully, uh, on the cell this Friday to check, make sure that I had some papers that I'm going to be needing for the, for the event. And, and I got up there, and I got to looking around at all the stuff I've got to move, and, uh, and, you know, I've been there for 12 years, so that's been my home, and... Uh, uh, I went to bed, and I didn't go to sleep. I'm worried about, well, I got the papers, what am I going to do, how am I going to move this stuff, uh, and just on and on and on. And, you know, it's all taken care of. Uh, even the man that's buying it from me, uh, he's a friend of mine. I knew him before, and uh, he, he gave me permission. He says, look, he says, I'm going off on vacation on the 20th, and he says, I won't be back. He said, I don't need anything there, he said you can leave your stuff there. I'm buying a house on on the 30th of this month, so it's like I was going to have to move all this stuff to a temporary location, and then that got all taken care of. It's, but I, I stayed up all night worrying about this silly stuff. But then, Pastor Pete, the other thing that you know that I don't get is like there's nobody that I know more devout than my wife, and she's worried with this with this uh, operation that she had today. She didn't sleep last night so neither did I <laughs> and so two nights in a row and uh, but in in both nights we worry about we were worrying about the the place up in Mississippi Monday night and last night was worried about the operation and uh, uh you know now in my case I really do see the the the, the futility and the in the nonsense of my worry because it's just stuff I mean there's nothing Nothing of real importance there. It's really not in, in, the, in the scheme of things in my life. I'm blessed. I am blessed. If, uh, if the whole deal falls through, and nothing happens Friday on, on the sale of this house, uh, it's okay. It, uh, and uh, but you know the the worry that, that Roxanne had last night, even the worry I had for Roxanne last night, I, I don't see how that could be uh, going around just by you know. I mean it's. It's a real worry. I, I, I felt like it was anyway. I think uh, worry can actually rob you of, of joy. When, uh, when something actually happens, instead of being joyful about it, you're just relieved. And that's because of all the worry. Cool. Cool. Miss D?
3: You know, worry is the opposite of faith. That's right. And even though we know that God is in control... We still have a tendency to feel like we got to take care of this ourselves. When he said, give it to me, I have the same problems. You know, it's it's a problem of actually giving it to him and leaving it. Okay. You know, I'll give it to him, but then I'll go right behind him and, me and pick it up again and say, well, let me help you, Lord. But the worry is complete opposite of faith. And so for me, just getting stronger to say, okay, Lord, I'm giving it to you, laying it down, and just let him work it. And I'm finding, you know, my answer to the problems is not how he intended them to be. That's right. And he always answers the problems. I mean, today we got a a blessing that just shocked shocked me. Not Arnold, but I mean, it was just it was not the way I thought it was going to pray would be
2: answered. But it's God way. Come on, come on. Anyone else? Angela, Phil. I
4: know, too, a lot of times um, when situations come up that um, I I worry about, uh, it, it just seems like my whole day and night is consumed with trying to make the situation right during the day, you know, making appropriate phone calls and doing what I need to do to make everything right. And then if I didn't get anywhere that day, of course, I'm up. All night long worrying about it and and then the next day, you know, dealing with it again, and um I know when that chemical explosion happened um back in March, um our health issues all acted up, and um it was really stressful for me and um I called Miss Nancy and had her pray for me. And uh, it was about two hours later that I just felt an immediate peace come across to where I was just able to just take a break from not having to deal with the attorneys and not having to talk to anybody about it and just being able to trust in God that we were going to be okay.
3: Yeah, I was just, I um, have some real needs and I am in God for it, but... It seems like the more you know the word, the more the enemy just torments you with all these thoughts. And we have a tendency to want to second-guess God how he's going to do it. And somebody had called me earlier today, and during the conversation, it hit me. God said, it's not him it's not Him that will it, nor him that run it, but it's God who showed mercy. And God was just showing me how I'm just spinning my wheels. I just got to trust him. You know, and uh, you get all these words, and you're just like, wow, awesome. You know, and then, and then you just get blindsided with another worry, you know. And, and it's just, I believe you just have to come to the realization that God is in control. But um, uh, I think for the rest of our lives, we have to deal with this. I don't know, because whenever you deal with one thing, something else is around the corner. And we forget where God has brought us from.
2: Good. Anyone else? When are we the most vulnerable to our worry? We had someone else. You got a bishop. Take that. Come on. When, think about these. When are we most vulnerable? How does it attack you? How does it make you feel? Just think about that so we can perhaps share. Miss Emma?
3: Well, uh, about uh, three weeks ago, I took a mammogram at the clinic. And um, and I took the mammogram. I came home. didn't worry about it. Well, two days later, the clinic called and said, the doc ordered some more tests. You had to come back in and take some more views. I said, well, okay, no problem. But I sat there, worry kicked in. Well, why do they want me to come come take more tests? It got to be something wrong. So I called the lady back. I said, is something wrong with the first test I took? She said, no, ma'am. I said, but y'all ordered me to take more tests. She said, no, your doctor said. I said, but what's wrong with, I mean, I was just frank. I did I just wanted to know. She said, well, I can't talk to you anyway. I said, well, okay. So I called my doctor. (laughs) I said, you ordered more tests. Why? Is something wrong with the others? She said, no, I just need some more views that they did not get. I said, are you sure? You sure there's nothing wrong? <laughs> so the next day I went in and I took the uh, the other views. And there were no abnormalities. So I worried myself for nothing. I had to ask God to forgive me for letting worry kick in like that. Because if I had not worried, I would not have made no phone calls. I would have went right on took the test.
2: Come on. Come on sometimes hard isn't it anyone else come on keep those hands coming up and bishop and i will come
4: i believe two situations attack us uh to make us worry to keep us from doing things that um possibly we have decided that we're going to do to glorify god um i know there's there's many times that i have wanted to devote myself uh to do more for the church um at one point i was going to sign up for the nursery and ended up on my back and, uh, spells, feigning spells, and that didn't work out. And, um, then I was just fixing to start helping, doing some other things, um, helping Miss Leola and, uh, Mr. Haas around the church, um, two weeks before the chemical explosion happened. And, um, I think that those are times that we can be under attack, uh with situations of worry or um, times that uh, Satan's going to do everything he can to keep us from moving forward and uh, living up to um, any time that we want to devote.
2: Cool. Anyone else? We someone. Go ahead, David. Um,
1: I traveled overseas a couple of times in submission work, and uh, one thing that I learned from that is... Uh, Uh, You know, in the Scripture, uh, it's very plain that God says He has a plan for our lives. He doesn't say He has a bunch of little situations for us. He says He has a plan for us. That means that our entire life is His plan. So when we worry, that's not an excuse to get away from God's plan. That's God giving you a challenge to do something for Him, through Him, and inevitably because of Him and to His glory two things. Uh, I'll clean this up a little bit, but there's an old saying that goes around that it's hard to remember when you're up to your behind in alligators that your objective was to drain a swamp. When we take our eyes off of him, that's when worry comes in us. You know, and God, word plainly tells us that worry is a sin. It's as murder. And Paul says that, I forget where it is in, in uh, Galatians or one of them, but uh, he plainly tells us that to worry is as, a, as murder. Cool. Anyone
2: else? Quickly, okay. Melissa. Good. Um,
5: Jeez, you're fine. Um, I knew what I was going to say. What I wanted to say is that I've been through a point in my life and most people do know that um, the toughest part was, you know, David's accident and then I was worried over everything and um, I fell apart I was like just downhill and you know just anxiety attacks you know I didn't have God in my heart and just everything was falling apart and I'll never forget um, Pastor P had told me he, well, my friend, cherished has said, you know, Pastor Philip needs to call you, and I'm like, I worried about Pastor Philip calling me, you know, it was crazy. You should be. <laughs> and then um, you had told me that, um, you know, I needed just only God can fill that hole in my heart, and it took a while for that to happen, and it's finally there, and um, now I seriously have no worries. I mean, it's like I just know that God takes care of me and Carter. I mean, there's in the Bible over and over, you know, that he takes care of the fatherless and the widows. And, I mean, I just have no doubt. I mean, he's proved it over and over. So, just worry is not even my dictionary anymore.
2: Awesome, awesome, fantastic. How how do you feel? Is anyone, could anyone testify in here that through worry it made them feel really good? I mean, I don't think anyone can testify of that. I mean, worry doesn't make you feel, do, do we enjoy worrying? No, I mean, there's no enjoyment in it. There's no fulfillment in it. So why do we do it? Some people like it, but hey, we know there's some people, don't we? <laughs> you, thank you. You know, it won't take us long. Thanks, Bishop. It won't take us long to find something to worry about. I mean, have you looked around us lately and seen the state that our economy is in? It's worrying times. People are worried about their job situation. Some don't have a job. Some are worried about the job that they do have, whether it's still going to be there in a couple of weeks. People are consumed and worried about their finances. Is there going to be enough to pay the bills? How am I going to make it through? People are worried about their kids, their safety and their well-being. Terrorism. The oil in the Gulf. The risk of hurricanes, it's hurricane season. Worry, worry, worry. I want to look tonight, if we could, at some points about worry. And I want to address some issues in regards to worry. And then I want to give us some steps that I really believe are going to help us to find freedom from worry and to help us and to liberate us in our lives. The first thing I want us to realize is this, worry is not your friend. Worry is not your friend. You may say, well, Pastor Philip, that is so obvious. I mean, come on, quit wasting our time. We know that. Listen to me. Consciously, we understand that. Every one of us understands that worry is not your friend. If you don't, then let's sit down and chat afterwards because we need a serious talk. But worry is not your friend. Consciously, we understand that. And we don't think and talk of worry as being our friend. But yet the actions of our life and the way that we tend to live tells a completely different story. We clutch onto worry and grab a hold of worry so close to our chest like it's our favorite stuffed animal from childhood. We make excuses for it. We try to mask the fact that it's really sin. We live with it. We dwell on it and the reality is it's become a friend and so often we don't even see it. Why? Because it's become a part of us. It's become you. It's become who we are. Bill said this, worry is a sin. Plain and simply, worry is a sin. Dress it up, label it as you as you may, it's still sin. Instead of thinking of worry as just being worry. I want you to think of something. When you begin to worry and when you hear of people who are worrying, I want you, instead of hearing the word worry, I want you to begin to hear these words. And that is this, not trusting God. Every time you hear worry or you begin to worry, I want those words to radiate and to permeate and just to slap you upside the head. And that is this, you're not worrying, you're not trusting God. I'm worrying, no, I'm not trusting God. Uh, You've got to begin to see that because I think when you get a new perspective of things, it really helps us to understand that there's no purpose, there's no blessing, there's no future, there's nothing that we can grasp from those things because plain and simply we're not trusting God and God called us to live by faith and faith is trusting so therefore we're living a faithless life by not trusting God because that is plain and simply what worry is. Although you and I believe in God, worry admits that I trust in my own abilities, than I have trusted in His faithfulness to take care of every situation. Worry just proves that perhaps we don't trust in God as much as we really claim we do. Philippians 4, verse 6 says these words. You don't have to turn. They're just four words. I'm going to read out for you tonight. Philippians 4, verse 6 says this, Be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. We're going to read on the next part in a few moments, but be anxious for nothing. God's Word is telling you and I, don't worry. Don't worry about anything. It says don't worry about nothing. And I don't know about you, but my Bible doesn't have any small print. It doesn't have a clause. You know, like on the TV, you know, take this medication, you're going to feel better. And then on the bottom of the screen, it's got all the things if you'll sit and read. You know what? In God's Word, under Philippians 4, verse 6, it doesn't say, nothing is excluded in the case of extreme situations like loss of job, sickness, or an extreme measure taken against your person. I mean, there's no escape clause when it comes to worry. Well, nothing rather. God says don't worry about nothing. Whatever you can worry about, God says it's nothing to Him because He can handle it. He can take care of it. The last part of Romans 14 and verse 23 says these words, for whatever is not from faith is sin. Whatever is not from faith or come from sin, therefore everything that does not come from from faith is sin. Miss D said it worry is the complete opposite spectrum to faith. It's the opposite of it's the opposition to worry is a sin. To live by faith as God has called us to means to believe that God has everything under control. If we are worried about losing our job we are essentially saying our job is our provider. Come on now. We're looking to man as our provider. Thank God, God uses man, but God's not limited to man. God is my provider. Kelly and I made a decision two plus years ago that we as a family were not going to go through the recession. You may say, well, what do you mean? We're trusting God and we continue to look to God. The Bible says, my God owns a cattle on a thousand hills. And can I tell you, he hasn't had to sell one yet. God's got everything you need so much that His asphalt in heaven is gold. And He hasn't been ploughing any of it up and trading it in. Commercials we see on TV all the time, trade in your gold. They're making an absolute fortune off people's jewels and and, and things that have been handed down, all the heirlooms. People are selling them because there's such a fear, there's such a frenzy. These people are making an absolute fortune. I haven't seen God in line yet. I haven't seen God receive a package where He can put some gold in and mail it back and get some money. God is our provider. God is our provider. You know what? You may lose your job, but perhaps God has got something. God's got another plan perhaps for you. Perhaps, though, the plan or the purpose of God in our lives may come through the pathway of pain. We don't like that, do we? But sometimes there may be suffering. Sometimes there may be a little hardship. But the question is this, will we still trust Him? Because He's our provider. He promised to be our provider. Here's the greatest definition of worry that I have ever heard, and I want you to write this down tonight, and that is this. Worry is the sin of distrusting. Worry is the sin of distrusting the promises and the power of God. Worry is the sin of distrusting the promises and the power of God. In Matthew 6, verse 25, Jesus says these words, Therefore, I say unto you, do not worry. Have you ever read passages like that? I know how I have. And I say, okay, God, you, Jesus, I know you said that back then, but come on, I mean, how can you really say that when you know everything that I'm going to face in my life? Come on, have you ever said that to God? I mean, come on, God, let's get real. That's maybe for them, but look at my circumstances. Am I the only one that thinks like that, or is there anyone else like me? Poor you if you are. But, you know, how can God say that? He must know the hardships. The Bible says He knows my end from my beginning. He knows my days before they were even there, before I was even four. So how can God say, Philip, you don't have to worry. Emma, you don't have to worry about a mammogram. You don't have to worry about results. You don't have to... How can God say that when He knows that I'm going to be concerned, and all the hardships and the diverse circumstances. I'll tell you why he can say it, for two reasons. Here they are. Number one, he knows your end from the beginning. He knows the whole picture. That's why he can say it. And number two, which I think is the most important one, is this. He knows his ability. God doesn't question who he is. We question who he is. He doesn't question who he is. He knows his ability. That's why he can say, you don't have to worry. That's why he can say you don't have to be anxious about anything. Why? Because he knows his ability. If only we could know the ability of God in our lives and fully trust him, we wouldn't be up at night. We'd be sleeping in our beds. No one else can make a statement as don't worry, except God. Melissa sent me an email this week. Carter asked, who created God? Melissa said, can you help me, Pastor Philip? I said, sure can. I said, here's the answer, no one. The Bible says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And if you can believe Genesis 1, verse 1, you can believe every verse after that because it takes faith to believe that God always was, always will be. But in the same faith, we have to believe that we are going to be eternal and will never die. It takes an incredible, it goes beyond my thought to think that we'll never die. But I said to Melissa, here's the greatest thought, and that is this. It shows that there is not one who is like our God, and there is none equal to Him. There's none like my God. So what does it say in Matthew 6, 25? Do not worry about your life. What you will eat, what you will drink, what you will wear, it goes on. Life there, if you would read it, is more than just your breath and your body. It doesn't say, don't just worry about life. That word life there involves your mentality, your physical, your emotional and your spiritual being. So it involves your mental, physical, emotional and spiritual being. It involves every aspect of your life. In other words, Bishop God sent you, I can handle it all. Don't worry, I've got it all under control. Here's another point, Miss D, about worry that you touched on and that is this, worry, it's a control issue. Worry is a control issue that we face in our life. Why? Because worry is obsessed with trying to control every circumstance of our life. Yes, some may be within our ability to control, but there are many and most that aren't. We worry like it's going to help the situation. Bishop, you stayed up worrying all night. How many pieces of furniture and boxes did worry pack for you at your property? It just means that when you go to practice stuff, you're so tired because you've been up all night worrying about it. It doesn't help nothing. Have you ever seen anyone who's got healed as a result of worrying? But I've seen people get sicker. Have you ever been stuck in traffic and you've just worried because you have to be somewhere on time and you're worried and worried and worried? And worried? How many people so worry part the Red Sea and you drive all the way through and you make it to that place with 20 minutes to spare? It doesn't happen, does it? All that happens is you arrive late and stressed because you're worried. Worry has never, nor can it ever help in any situation. It just makes things worse. Worry just wants to control you. But it will never benefit you. It will only destroy you. Worry indicates we're not willing to let God handle certain things in our lives quickly let me give you four steps to help you in our pursuit of freedom from worry is that cool point number one step number one the most important step i believe that we could ever face in our lives is this if we want to deal with worry in our lives we need to get to know god more we need to just know god more why because we've got to just fill the void with him We've got to no, leave no room for the likes of worry and its friends. Why do you say friends? Have you noticed the things of the enemy always come with friends? There's always attachments. With worry comes despair and anguish and, and, and misery and sleepless. It never comes alone. Sin never comes on its own. It always seeks a crowd. It's always got a sidekick, a partner in crime. So the first step is this. We've got to just trust God more than we ever have. We've got to know Him. We've got to get in a deeper relationship with Him. We've got to have a newfound love for the Word. Just as Caleb said, just get that worship on and praise and just fill our lives with just Him. Because as we get to know Him more, we'll realize His ability more. And we'll trust Him as provider more. There's a lot of things I don't worry about today that I used to worry about. There's still things I worry about, but I'm finding as I'm seeking God and as I'm looking just to get deeper in a relationship with Him, I'm beginning to realize those things aren't as big as what they really used to be. Second step, we have got to learn to do what is wise. Do what is wise. What do you mean by do what is wise, Pastor Philip? We've got to learn to live with godly wisdom. We've got to learn to truly mean or to know what it means to live by faith. But in order to live by faith, I think we need to understand what true faith's meaning is because here's the meaning that most people have attached to faith and that is this. Most people think faith is doing nothing in order to let God do everything. So true, isn't it? A lot of people think faith is doing nothing in order just to let God take care of it. How many times have we heard people say, well, I'm just trusting God. Well, God's in control of the situation. great, but what are you doing? What do you mean, what are you doing? Well, let me give you an illustration. <clears throat> Kelly and I are trying to sell our house. We can pray for God to sell it, which is proper and the right thing to do. Does everyone agree with that? God's interested in those things. He wants to help us and meet our needs. But if our house is not listed and on the market, there's a very great possibility that it's not going to sell. Come on. We can pray. And obviously, with God, things are not impossible. I mean, God can miraculously have someone knock on my door and say, oh, by the way, is your house for sale? I have a checkbook and let me give you 700 grand right now. I mean, that would be incredible. But you know what? Here's the th- reality That's probably virtually going to be an impossibility. Would everyone agree with that? But what is our responsibility? Our responsibility is to list our house. It's to prepare our house, to make sure the yard looks good, to make sure that the paint is in place, to make sure that everything inside the house is in order, that if people come to see the house, it's clean, it's prepared, it's ready. Is that not our responsibility? Say with me, that's wisdom. Wisdom. That's doing what is wise. Say that with me. That's doing what is wise. Another example is, how many times have you heard people say, man, I'm looking for a job? And you say to them, great, how many, resume, how many applications have you filled in? Well, none. Well, I'm just trusting that God's going to give me the right job. Okay, do you have a resume? No. Have you got a paper and looked at it? No, I'm just trusting. How foolish is that? How foolish is that? You see, God gives us responsibility and you and I need to understand that. And it takes biblical faith to do those things in dependence upon God. Not independence as alone from God, but dependence, having dependence upon God. Yes, we're doing our part, still trusting Him, but we're doing our part. Not helping God in the sense of He needs help, but we're taking care of our responsibilities. Do you understand that? We're doing what's wise. We're having wisdom. And you know what? If you struggle with wisdom, that's okay because the Bible tells us in James 1 verse 5, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives liberally and without reproach. Well, we know liberally means more than enough. But that word reproach there means this, that no matter the track record of the failures of our past, God does not hold them over our head, but rather God says, my God, they need more than they ever could have because they don't need to go down that pathway again. What are you saying then? God doesn't hold it against you and say, no, you screwed up before. God says, let me give you a little bit more this time so you won't screw up anymore. So if we need wisdom in our lives, God said we can have it. There's such a lack of godly wisdom in the church today. I call it stupidity. Ignorance that we turn around and we say, well, I'm believing for this and I'm believing for that. There's responsibilities that God has placed upon you that you better be responsible. Yes, we've got to know Him more. That was point number one. But number two, we've got to be wise. We've got to do things with godly wisdom. Proverbs 9 verse 12 says this, if you are wise, you are wise for yourself. Another translation says this, if you become wise, you will be the one who benefits. That's pretty incredible. That God says through wisdom, what? You're going to be rewarded. You're going to be rewarded through your wisdom. What wisdom? The godly wisdom that God gives you to fulfill the responsibilities that you and I are responsible for. If you would read verse 11 before that, God says, grab a hold of wisdom because it's going to add years of life to your life. Not just hours. Years can be added to your life. But you know what? The Bible says also that worry can take away and steal from your life. You see, wisdom is about the simple, often tiny, yet obvious things that need to be done consistently by us taking responsibility of our lives. Remember Philippians 4, verse 6, we were there? It says, be anxious for nothing, don't worry about anything. But it goes on to say these words, but in everything, by prayer. By prayer. You see, wisdom is realizing you have responsibilities, but then knowing when to hand things over to God too. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known. Verse 7, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding. Man, we need that, don't we? When worry comes, we need the peace that goes beyond our thoughts, our understanding that will guard our hearts and our minds through Christ Jesus. You see, if you and I do what is wise, we can peacefully leave the rest up to God. Did you catch that? As we do our part, we can just trust God with the rest and live at peace and know that He's going to take care of that which we've already handled and done. That's faith. And even after that, we'll still find ourselves perhaps beginning to worry. But remember this, after you've done everything that you know to do, as in being wise and handling the situations right, you've got to remind yourself, if worry still comes, that God is still bigger than any problem that you can face. And that God wants you to trust Him in it all. If you're doing your part and you're being wise and you're trusting in God and problems still seem to overwhelm you, begin to remind your problems that God is bigger than what they are. Just tell yourself, I've got to keep trusting him. How many here has an alarm to wake you up in the morning? We need to allow worry. We need to allow worry to be the alarm clock of our lives. What do you mean? The alerting signal that all of a sudden when we begin to worry, you know what we say? It's time to pray. Come on. The worry needs to be an alarm clock that when we begin to worry. <laughs> Time to pray. Why? Because God says, don't worry, be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer. Come on, we've got to start the stuff. Because even when we're living wise and and we're doing things, worry is still going to attach itself to us. But let it be the alarm clock that says, hold on a second, I'm going to pray. Because prayer is what? Taking it to Jesus. Taking it to Jesus. You see, when we pray about our worries, we're giving our burdens to Him. Yes, we still have our responsibilities to do what we can and what's right. But doing what we can't isn't our responsibility anymore because we're giving it to Him. When the alarm bell rings, pray. Here's step number three. Think on the right things. Don't dwell on worry. Philippians 4 verse 8 says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, noble, just, pure, lovely, if they're of a good report, if there's any virtue, if they're praiseworthy, what does the Bible say? think, meditate, dwell on these things. When we give control over to God, pray and trust Him with our worries. Because when we pray and trust God with our worries, we shift our minds from being fear-based to being faith-based and fully trusting in God. His timetable may be different to ours. There's a little verse in the Bible that I wished wasn't there. And that is this. A day to the Lord is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is a day. What does that mean? That means that sometimes God's timetable is a whole lot different to ours, that He's not governed with the restrictions of time and life like we are. But that doesn't mean He doesn't know what we have need of, because the Bible says He does. Before we even know there's a need, He knows what the need is, and He doesn't only know He is the answer, because He is our provider. So his timetable may be different to ours, but we've got to still trust him. Don't worry, it's okay. Father knows best. Trust him. Don't take it back. Miss D said it. You preached my message, Miss D. Don't take it back when you're given it to him. Remember, worry is the result of trying to carry a burden that never belonged on your shoulders in the first place. Do what you can and trust to God to do with what you can't. And Step number four, no matter what, trust him. No matter what, trust Him. Keep trusting Him. Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. Why? Because He said, I'll give you peace beyond your understanding. Lean not on what you can do, because you'll never be able to do, but yet worry wants to hold on. Release it. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him. How do I acknowledge Him? God, You're my provider. I'm going to trust You. It's not worry, God. It's not trusting You. And I'm not going to do that because I do trust You. You're my source. You're my peace. I may lose my job, but God, You're going to take care of me because if I'm doing the wise thing, God is going to honour that. God's going to bless me. Now, if I'm being stupid, you better start worrying. But if I'm doing what is right, I can trust in God. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. I think Kayla shared this a few weeks ago. That word path means there He'll direct every aspect of your life. Everything can be thrown onto that part right there and God says, taking care of it. Taking care of it. Every step. Remember, worry distrusts the promise and the power of God. I've made a determination that I don't want to live like that no more because I'm going to start believing God like I've never believed Him before. I don't want to allow... Worry to take the place of God in my life. Because I've heard what Pastor P said tonight. I heard what God preached to me. And that is this. If I believe in Him, I need to stop worrying. Can someone say, help us God? You know he'll hear that cry. Set the alarm clock. Anytime worry begins to ring, it's time to pray. Because what is prayer doing? Prayer is giving it to God. Let me give you this saying one more time because I love this saying. Worry is the result of trying to carry a burden that God never... Belo- that n- uh, sorry. Worry is the result of trying to carry a burden that never belonged on your shoulders in the first place. Trust God. Going back to Miss Emma. You know what, Miss Emma, you could have stayed up all night and if there was something on those tests, it wouldn't have changed. But all you've done is robbed yourself of peace and convinced yourself that God is not able. But I'm telling you right now, God is able. We've got to start trusting Him. Come on, if we believe in God, would you stand to your feet? We've got to say goodbye to worry. See ya.